What up, what up, what up? The Real Coach JB is back for Last Chance Q, third install with my great, great friend, Sean Salisbury, as he locks into the room. Sean's been too long, brother. Yeah, man, good well. to have you back. You out there fat catting around, watching them Raiders play, and now you're back. Good to have you back, my man. Yeah, I appreciate it. I've been watching you, man, all over the place on uh, Dan's show and everything. I, I Man, Jeff Saturday is just the uh, trending guy right now on social media. I got to see him in person the other day here last night or last weekend in Vegas uh, with my great friend Pat Perez, uh, live golfing champion of 2022, uh, four aces. A good friend of yours as well. We had a hell of a time. I appreciate uh, Pat and his lovely family and uh, taking care of me all weekend. We got to do a lot of things. Played a little golf, Sean. Got to go out to uh, Shadow Creek, one of your favorites. And uh, that's a gorgeous place, ain't it? Oh, my gosh, man. If, I, if you told me that was where I had to play my everyday golf, I would have no problem not playing anywhere else. You got a, a, a haven in the middle of the desert with rare birds. What a, what a friggin' – every time I play there, I feel like I'm the only foursome on the golf course. There no, I, I've never once had to wait – to hit a shot because the group in front of me is slow. You know why? Cause I never friggin' see the group in front of me if there is one. So what, what a friggin' great place, the hospitality, the golf course, always in immaculate condition and yeah. you get the caddies, a good old cocktail and it's good to go and a cigar. Yeah, I love that place. I never, it never oh, yeah. gets old. Yeah. Man. I love it. Hey, I just, I just helped. Uh, I just caddied for Pat as he played with a foursome group that uh, had to do some things with the MGM. So I just had to walk, drive around the cart all day, listen to music, got to drive in Michael Jordan's cart, no less. Uh, Cause of, he's only, yeah. Only, only person that drives Michael Jordan's cart is Michael and Pat Perez. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's good to be Pat Perez and good to be you. That's good hey, to be man. it's good to be Mike too. It ain't bad to be Mike either, is it? No, I think he's pretty good as well. So uh but no, nah, man, it's been a great weekend. I wanted to get into a few things. Um as soon as we get back from this intro, it's been a it's been a long, long four or five days without last chance Q. So I know everybody's been blowing us up and wanting to get this thing out. So I can't wait for this Tuesday edition, the third install of Last Chance Q, brought to you by DV Sport. And uh, we will see you on the other side to get this going. The Pirates have won it for the first time since 1987. I'm back. I'm back. Let's go. Welcome to Last Chance Q with myself, Coach JB and Sean Salisbury. We will not talk over the amateur or under the expert. It's not only the X's and O's, but it's about the Jimmy's and Joe's. And it's not just quarterbacks. We got all the positions teaching, coaching, laughing, and joking. We're using football terminology so we can get through this faster than we we don't want to use these long terms, coach. We don't we got quick verbiage to get to the point. Last chance with the great legendary Sean Salisbury. All right, Sean, I got to give you guys, I got a great quote. I got to get this out here for uh, the great, uh, all the people that love our quotes of the day here on the ticker. Uh, it's not how we make mistakes, but how we correct them that defines us. Uh, isn't that so true, especially with quarterbacks, especially with football players and people in life? I mean, shit, I think... Uh, People just don't understand that quote, I don't think, in totality. And uh, 
I just love that one. I always used it for my kids. I said, man, I don't care how many damn mistakes you make. If you go hard, do the things we ask. And, and fuck, we make mistakes, but how are you correcting them? Are you correcting them? Are you taking the coaching or the teaching or what have you? So it's so it's so vital, I think, of a quote. Yeah, agreed. The, the key is, hey, I've in all the years I've played it and coached, I have yet to see the perfect practice or the perfect game. When people say that, well, a guy went 12 of 12 in practice. Yeah, but one of those completions could have been thrown to the wrong guy. I'm talking about mentally and physically making everything perfect. I've never seen it. So even those guys that are sitting with mustard-colored jackets in a Hall of Fame have made plenty of mistakes. The difference between those guys and us mere mortals is they got over those mistakes quicker and turned them into strengths and didn't let it become a life sentence. They let it become temporary through the rearview mirror way and took care of their business, but learned from it. Yeah, correct them and don't repeat them. If you're one of those guys that continues to repeat the same mistake, I can't win with you. I cannot, and that's in life too. I can't win with you because that means you're not processing the information that you're being taught. And eventually, if I can't get to you, then maybe it's the coaching thing that's got to change too, and both of you. And we see that in the NFL on a regular basis. Let me ask you, Josh Allen fitting underneath that quote right now? You know what's interesting, uh, JB? I'm so glad you asked me that. I watch him and we've talked. And let, let, let's delineate. There's, there's a, a line of between the two. There's a difference between being an alien talent and a freak and making sure that they, they comes together with a great quarterback. I always love it when people say, oh, man, he's a great thrower of the football. Is he a great quarterback? And then we talk about passer of the football instead of thrower, which is one of your terms we discuss as well. Um, listen, Josh Allen's going through a stint now. You'll watch a game, and I watched it. I know you were watching all kinds of stuff and doing things on your appearance this weekend is that he will play and you're watching a game JB and you know this it's like I can't believe he can do some of those things I I really I mean that they're that good and then like of the three three weeks like six or seven of his last six of his last seven interceptions I I can visualize now because I've watched him every week I've seen every throw he's made maybe but a handful this year and they're not interceptions that are being thrown to a guy that has made a great play on a diving interception or a tip ball. They're being made on interceptions that he's making decisions that he's throwing it as if the defensive guy was the receiver. It's there's, there's been, I don't know what the lapse is, the vision. It, it feels like that he's seeing somebody that looks like it's the same guy in his jersey. I'm not making fun. I, I'm not because he's so good. Put it this way. If he wasn't so good in like the last game against Kansas City last year and doing some of the stuff running and throwing that he does, it makes him so good. These interceptions, you say, if it was a lesser player, we'd just, if Baker Mayfield or Lamar Jackson, Derek Carr. Those, Carr, Carr were making these same throws, they'd be sitting on the bench. But you know that he's so good that it's like, damn. But he's made some throws. I don't know if it's the injury, I don't know where it is, but in the last three weeks, I've watched him make throws that he wouldn't make when he was in the seventh grade or attempt, should I say. So it's really odd to watch. I'm keeping a close eye on that. It seems like he's fallen into a trap of forcing balls that you have zero business getting in there or no shot. Yeah, that's why I'm just so against the anointing all these guys as the greatest thing since sliced bread. And I just keep seeing it, not only from the novice fan and the naysayer out there, but we see it from the, the media platforms that are huge conglomerates out there every day that the, 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 the Kyler, the, you know, the Kyler Murray was the greatest thing. Lamar Jackson was the greatest thing. Mahomes, Allen, I mean, Herbert, 
and you've seen them digress somewhat this year here and there. Not all of them, but from a lot of them. And people are like, you know, I want to see the same energy from those platforms when they digress and, and then come back and say, you know what, I got to eat some crow here. We probably shouldn't anoint these guys in year two as the greatest ever when the Amen. damn five-year-old's still playing. Amen. Um, poll question. Can Jalen Hurts lead the Eagles to a Super Bowl this season, Sean? Yes or no? I didn't get to see too much of the game last night. A little bit inebriated. Uh, but we, me and Pat were, 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 were eating uh, lobster. But, you know, it, I, what I did see is uh, going into that football game, something that I tell you I think is one of the huge determinants in uh, the separating greatness from average quarterbacks, especially when it gets to late December and January. Touchdown to interception ratio. He went into that game yesterday, 12 touchdowns, two interceptions. Great numbers if you're in high school or college maybe for four or five games. But through through nine games, I don't know if that's a, a winning recipe. I don't even know what he did last night. Uh, I know he turned it over. Did he throw any touchdowns? A couple, couple touchdown passes last night. Okay, so he got 14 touchdowns and what, three, I four could, picks? I could tell you how many. They turned it over four times last night. I could tell you the exact numbers right now while you're, you're talking. Um, yeah, and, and and I, know, I did watch it to a, uh, most of it. it they ended up losing – uh, by 11 last night, his numbers were, uh, he was 17 of 26, 65%, a buck 75, two TDs and a pick. And he did not lay the ball. They, although they did, they had fumbles, three receivers laid the ball on the ground and lost it. And they turned it over four times with one interception by him. So that was yeah. a good key. They turned it over four times, lacked energy. Um, they, they were not, they did not make the enough big plays last night. He played average for what we expect. Um, and I think what you're saying is you don't believe he can carry you throwing the football two or three weeks is that through the playoffs. Nah, I'm going to go out on the limb here and say, I'm going to answer our poll question. It's it's unequivocally no to me, for me. I don't think. Why? Tell me why. I, I don't think he can win it for this reason. And when, especially I feel better after hearing your stat line. I'm I'm seeing this stat line more and more week in week out in the NFL. It's unlike any year I've ever seen, and that's not just Jalen Hurts. I'm talking across the board. Uh, 17 of 26, 175 yards. You know, in your in you when you played, Sean, I don't know. You make you may say JB, you're full of it, or you say you know what I got to think about this. But 17 completions by Troy Aikman was a 300-yard game almost. Like, I, I'm just looking across the landscape. I actually looked up some things last last night because I thought of this, and I'm just looking across the board. 20 completions in, in the Dan Marino era, the Mark Clayton and Duper era, was 330-yard games. 27 times. 20 completions. So, like, 17 completions for 175 yards tells me. Play it, play it too safe. Play it huh? too safe. Too safe for you. Not enough big plays. Not enough chunk plays. Play. And I don't know if it's big plays. It's it's like it's like plays that we run that we can we can dissect the coverage in. And I don't know if the call the play calling is 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 doing that for him because they're scared that he can't throw the football in the teeth of the defense. And I I don't know, Sean. I'm gonna I'm gonna let you have it after this. But I am looking at the landscape of football in college and the NFL. 
And I'm seeing now routes, screen routes, crossers, lateral passes like, like we've never seen. I don't see digs. I don't see bang eights. I don't see double post. Let's let's pick on a two-eye safety, run two at him, and see what he takes. And let's throw one over the top, or let's get him out of his backpedal and throw the, the one-ball post right now on the bang eight. I don't see it at all anymore. And and I'm like, what are we doing? I'm seeing out cuts away from coverage, one-on-one the stuff. There's no... Nobody I got to read but this guy. I'm seeing this more and more, and I'm kind of getting – I'm kind of over the fact now after after nine weeks of hearing these other people tell me, nah, coach, we're just running quarters and we're bailing out of there and we're giving them everything underneath. I'm yeah, not buying allow, it, coach. I'm not buying it. Allowing you to play horizontal football. We also don't see – when I see people escape the pocket, but we'll remove the pocket, that double move comeback, 12, stutter – push to 22 stutter, come back down the stem and rip it on the, the old Redskins with, with Art Mock and Gary Clark. That was and rip that. Mock, rip corner. Yes. And the Curl deep, corner. Right. The deep sail route. Yeah. Push it up, roll it on a two high safety into a 22 yard outcut. The deep over route. We called it uh, Charlie 40 Waco week, Charlie 40 Pittsburgh uh, strong. Uh, vertical switches. Yeah. Vertical yeah switches. No, no, no question. I, um, you know, I, I, we do play a lot of horizontal football, and I'll tell you what we should do just to validate this. Do I think he can – here's what I think. I think he can be part – I don't think Jalen Hurts can load – you can load your football team on his shoulders and say, for three straight weeks, dude, you're going to have to run for 60 and throw for 320 because I just I, – I don't think he's at that point yet. I think he's made great improvement. I understand why he's in the MVP talk. He's not turning the ball over very much, and his decisions are pretty good. But it looks to me like his decisions are good based on what they're doing, and they have weapons to attack, you know, vertically and do the things you're talking about. I think maybe later this week on a Thursday show, let's let's take Jalen Hurts aside and study about six to eight of his throws past ten yards and see what they're doing, or a dozen of his throws and 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 uh, and see what we can come up with just to validate if we're full of shit or if not. But he. Now, if you ask me if Josh Allen could get rolling and carry a team for a month, I've seen it. I've seen Mahomes do it. I've watched Herbert do it. I've seen Lamar Jackson do it, even though it's different how he gets to it because he's so devastating with his legs. But then again, so is Josh Allen. So I know the point you're making. I'm anxious to see as long as those shots that he's not taking or that the shots that he does take are calculated and uh, judicious as opposed to some of the big-time throwers who think they can fit everything in there and they keep throwing it to the other team like a clown show. So oh, we'll yeah. see, but I think that's a it's a good point. So carrying them to a Super Bowl, no. With the team they have and the NFC where it is right now, I do believe they could still be playing in February. The question is, can he get into a shootout, throw, 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 throw back and forth with a guy like Mahomes, who's the number one seed now in the AFC? and beat him in a throwing contest. We'll see, and it may never get to that. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I, I can't wait for this show. We're just now in the introductory part of this show. We haven't even hit the pre-snap read yet. We got a few pre, We got a few uh, last chance Q, uh, Q fan questions for uh, Sean. Number one, Cannon 8. Uh, would you rather have – who would you rather have as a quarterback one, Jameis Winston or Kyler Murray? Um. What are my what are my goals to get to to get them both moved on to the next level? Um, I think Kyler Murray's a better talent when it comes to overall feet, legs, more dynamic talent. I think Jameis Winston's a far better thrower of the football. 
I don't trust either one of them in big moments. I'm with you. I, I, think I, I, I don't trust either one of them. I think Jameis Winston, he – now, see, Jameis will go out and throw for 400, and you'll say, damn, five TDs. The next week he'll throw five picks, and you'll wonder what the hell he's doing. Kyler will just miss stuff that you're like, well, I'm not sure what you see. And then he'll step out of it and go throw for 330 and run for 80 because he's so gifted. It goes back to gifts or quarterback. The truth of the matter is I can win some games with both of them. you got a lot to do to convince me I can win a Super Bowl with either of them. I think both of them get careless with for different reasons at the wrong time. I'll pass on both when it comes to big moments right now. Hey, it's like It's like I tell my players all the time. Learn how to play the game and not games because that's the same thing. These guys can win some games, but they can't win the game. Right. Uh, that's my personal opinion. Um, the second question here uh, comes off from uh, on Instagram from C7 Boomin. Why does Big Ben Roethlisberger always get overlooked when it comes to top ten list? Yeah, he, and I probably do too. He's not on my top ten of all time. I don't Big have him ben. on my top ten. Do you? No, he's not on mine either. But I can tell you this, though. When you want to talk about a guy, and he's put a couple 500-yard throwing performances up. Every year he was good for that 450, 480. I actually do think he was underrated. I think recency bias the last two years, the way he played, bothered some people that it wasn't as explosive that we know. But when you think about underrated legs, that guy in the prime of his career was stepping out of trouble and extending plays. Like we brag about people now, Ben was doing it. But he didn't look good doing it. Big old, you know, his mechanics weren't real good. He big old, he just, just like heavy-footed, it felt like. Yet he'd always make a play. Uh, maybe it's because he was on the Steelers and we always think they're good. I don't know why, because in truth, Ben Roethlisberger was one hell of a thrower and a passer of the football. And, I got my own fan question. <laughs> and, and, and played with guts and stood in the pocket. And, you know, a lot of, you know, controversy, even, you know, with his art, with players and stuff seem to follow him around. But that doesn't take me away from the fact that 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 bastard could let it go now. I think he is an underrated on the list, but he's not going to make anybody's top 10. And maybe it's because it didn't look pretty. I don't know. But uh, Ben Roethlisberger in a flat ass shootout could could throw 500 on anybody. You're probably right. Underrated, but he'd never be in my top 10 overall all time. But he will be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I got my own fan question. I'm a fan of Sean Salisbury. I want to ask Sean Salisbury a question, too. Big Ben Roethlisberger or Carson Palmer? Uh, that, the, the, is, 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 is having those Super Bowls in your criteria that just gets him over the hump? Yes, that, that, yes that, that's what's going to – that's what will in – the, in the – when we put them on paper and say, okay, rank them, Ben's always going to be ahead of Carson Palmer because – where he played, he never played for another franchise, which for some reason we hold that against guys. Yep. And Ben Roethlisberger, Super Bowls, and on a storied franchise. You know, Carson was on the Bengals and the Raiders and the Arizona Cardinals. I can tell you this, though, because <laughs> I right now, because of the, the overall career, would put Ben's career over Carson Palmer's. And I really don't think you can get much argument, but I'll tell you this. If Carson Palmer never gets hurt and is a, and is on the Pittsburgh Steelers or on a consistent team like that where they were winning, there's very oh. few guys in my lifetime when I've sat and watched with the naked eye throw a friggin' football that can throw it and spin it like Carson Palmer. He is in that team picture of you name your best guy that can throw it, Mahomes, Palmer can throw it like him. 
Allen, Palmer can throw like him, and quite frankly, every bit is accurate when he's right. No he doubt. throws a go route for a 75-yard touchdown against the Steelers, gets his knee hit and blows it out, and the questions, and he was on a few teams. And Carson beat to a different drum at the time. You know, Carson isn't a self-promoter, wasn't a guy. He just went about his business. But if you want to talk about lining him up and throwing it, she yeah. hit. Yeah. He ain't taking a backseat to many of them. But when we put down the quarterbacks of all time, there's going to be that you'd put an asterisk by Carson Palmer, but what if we'd have got him on one team that was really good for a long period of time? Could have been he would have well put it this way: if you're asking me if he's got a Hall of Fame arm and talent, that answer is absolutely yes. But Roethlisberger will always be ranked ahead of Carson because of those Super Bowls and the length of the numbers on one team. No doubt, um, no question. We got we're heading into pre-snap breed here. Um, we got. Lots to talk about. We had an unfortunate incident hit the college landscape, as we know, as coaches, dads, parents, co- mentors. You never want to have a kid you've coached or been around uh, pass. And three Virginia Cavaliers, former players, got shot and killed. Um, man, direct correlation with today's generation to you, Sean, or is this a thing uh, that has to do with coaching, uh, the, the, the culture on campus? Uh, can we just really pinpoint this to Virginia, or can this be the next thing at, 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 at a multitude of many of schools? Like, can it, this can happen anywhere? In our, in, in my opinion, it can happen anywhere. Uh, I, I guess I have to put the root at. It, it starts at the at the household. I think me and you both would probably say, you know what, we're seeing something happen here in, in America. We don't know what it is, but parenting. Uh, seems to be lacking in a lot of different aspects and areas, in my opinion, dealing with kids and, and walks all walks of life here. But um, I also have a very interesting take, Sean, because I don't think these kids, and I'm not here to say that we have to put fear into these players and kids, but I do not see kids having the same fear of letting my coaches down that we once had. It ain't about fear me because I'm scared of you. It's fear me because I have a future that I want to keep. I want to play in the NFL. I want to go on. I want to move on. I can't do anything to jeopardize that and screw over my coach that gave me the opportunity. That fear seems to me been long gone. And I think this is what we have to show for, for it. Because, Sean, you can't tell me one of my former players is going to go in the dorm and shoot three of my former kids if he really, really had that respect factor for me in that, in that organization, in that, in yeah. that school. This is I, hard. I more and more. I don't know. Yeah, this is so hard to talk about because I don't think it's exclusive to one football team. I let, Let's put it this way. I hope we don't see this again and again and again. Uh, we see it more, whether it's going to somebody's dorm room and shooting them on a bus, guys fighting instead of a fight that you used to have on, you know, you go out and fight each other and then hug each other. Now we're killing people. And I don't think it's exclusive to Virginia coach. Yeah, you're right. And I don't think it's exclusive to a coaching staff and they shouldn't have to carry around that, that heavy weight that it's, that it's there. But like we all would, if you're affiliated with it, you're like, what could I have done more? Hell, when junior say, who's one of my very dearest friends in my lifetime, and I miss him dearly every day. We always ask the question, well, what could I have done? What could I have seen that would have prevented this, right? Because he was such a phenomenal human being who even in his downtimes cared about other people going through their downtimes and never let you see his. 
And when a situation like this happens where a teammate, a friend, whatever it is, decides to do this, um, the first thing people want to go to mental health. Well, of course, something's mentally wrong or you don't get a gun and shoot three teammates. You you, you are are three people, period, in a grocery store. You don't do Right. You don't do it. And it's not just about gun control. I get it. We got to be. This isn't a political conversation we're having here. That's for people to decide and how we should do it and able to get guns. But like I know, drugs and criminals, they find ways to get these things and always have. And then this. So it's probably a combination of a lot of things. And and you, you, the one thing you mentioned, too, uh, Coach, is you hope as a dad, a mentor, a coach, a friend, that you do enough to where, whether it's this generation, a future generation, or what have you, um, that you do enough where they have the respectful fear, I think is what you also mean, to where that when somebody says something, that the respectful fear is that if I don't do this or if I do this, here's the consequences. And I think respect is respect is where it all starts. And then, but and I don't know the background of family, you know, parents in that. But it, I think always when it comes to self worth and self esteem, I don't rely on a teacher at school to give my kids self esteem. No that doubt. was my responsibility growing up in the household to do it to teach them right and wrong. They're going to make the mistakes, but this is this this is a life changing mistake that families are going to suffer for the rest of their life. And they're going to ask the question why, and they're never going to get an answer. So, yeah, it gets gut-wrenching for everybody involved um, and for those families that are going through this. So I think, you know, we, we always try to pinpoint one thing, Coach, and I think it's it can be a combination of a lot of things. Was he having a bad day? Did somebody do something that got him? Was his self-esteem in the tank? Were, were, was he bullied somewhere along the line when he was eight. I, I don't, I'm just, you know, I'm not a psychologist, but I've been around, you've been around somebody who knows something about something. Right. And so, but the, 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 the tragic part of it is the three guys lost their life, football players or not. And to a guy that you probably, I would never have looked at one of my teammates and thought he's capable of doing this. Even if you knew him, because you think who, who would do it. Right. So, I'm sorry for the families. I'm sorry for that that school and that community. And you just got to be aware of what's going on around you. And sometimes you can't even prevent that. So I, I don't know. I guess signs, Coach, you know, we all get so caught up in our life. We're looking for signs, signs that may tell us this guy needs a hug. And I don't man, That's not a smart ass. I'm being serious. Or his arm around him. Or signs that somebody needs a swift kick of discipline in the rear end. Or and and like I said, not knowing what goes on in any of these kids or uh, in most people's home lives. Um, those days when you, when you hear, yeah, hey, make good choices. Don't take today for granted. And we all like, yeah, thanks, mom and dad. Thanks. We all done it. And then you think about they didn't leave their house that day to go where they went to come back that night thinking my kid's never walking on campus again. Awful. It's just awful. And I don't even know what else to say about it other than I don't think there's one answer. Yeah, I got a my take is just uh I heard you say psychologist and I I know I'm on Netflix saying that I think I'm more of a psychologist than a coach because like you just said, you Makes need a sense. Hug. Yes, right. You, you need a hug. You just said you need a hug and you, you know, no, it's not a joke. That's a real thing. An issuer of love, right, coach? Right. Yeah. Difference maker. Difference and you maker. know the thing about it is Sean, you to, in order to know who needs the hug and who does not, or who needs the hug, who needs the ass ripping, or who needs the dap and who needs the sweet nothing whispering, 
You have to become a fucking psychologist of these kids. And that is the truth. I'm unfortunate. And and I I I don't want to boast. I've never had a kid lose his life as a coach. Now, I've had teammates that have been killed in similar fashion to this. I got a knock on wood that none of my former players that I've coached or or anything like that have, have lost their life due to something like this. Um, but I, I I attested to being a psychologist and knowing what makes their buttons or 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 makes them tick and what doesn't make them tick. I get guess. to know your kids as a coach, a teacher, and as a parent. Relationships because it's everything. It's everything. And I know not to take it lightly and take it away from this, but I that shit like that, seeing that is just it it it, it pisses me off because you see this dumb shit happening and you're like, okay, we're always gonna ask our question, what can we have done as a coach? We'll never be able to we can ask that our whole lives. We'll never know that. And it's never uh, you know, you can we can blame and, and he could have a debate show about this. We is it our fault or not? Uh if a kid goes to jail or or, or gets kicked out of a four-year, you know. 20 years, I've never had a kid leave a four-year after leaving me or getting kicked out or going to jail after leaving me. You can say, oh, was it the tough love or is it the relationship building uh, the way I sell things, I guess. How I got them to buy those things, I think, is what's more important than saying, call me coach all you want. They know you care. Fucking doctor coach is probably more fucking serious question, but... Yeah. Uh, it's unfortunate, and, and and not to take the light off this horrific incident on a college campus in 2022, which is just pisses me off even more. Just continue to say that uh, you just said it. Relationships and getting kids to run through a wall for you, and knowing what pushes their buttons. We just saw it with Jeff Saturday. You got to win. We've critiqued the hell out of him. Uh, whatever it was, he understood what it was and got it done. And uh, we're gonna break that down later on here, but. That is a direct correlation, in my opinion, of, of understanding what takes those kids and makes those kids move uh, to a different beat yeah. than just an average Joe. Uh, and, I, and I'm not letting the person who did it off the hook because what that person did is horrendous. Oh, yeah. For whatever, but the key is I don't know why. And like I said, the families may never know why. I know this, though. When you're paying attention and getting to know these kids, they've got to everybody. We all need somebody that we believe we can trust that's got us, you know, that's got us. And. I, it's it's hard for me to fathom when it gets to that point in a person's life that they wake up and go to bed that night and wake up the next day thinking today's the day I'm doing this, or maybe it's just a reaction at the time. I don't know. Either way, regardless of how it, I mean, the reasons why there are it's it's devastating no matter what. And I and I and I hate to put, talk political and all this. You know, me and Pat Perez, uh, great golfer, buddy of mine, just talking about this in Vegas. Just talking about this yesterday as we found out as we're eating and we're like, how sick and tired are we of hearing the or seeing the tweet that says, rest in peace, uh, so tragic, blah, 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 by all these big name guys, LeBron James, all these big people out there. But what we don't see enough of, Sean, and I'm tired. I have to say this because as a coach, that is the number one thing for me. And we, me and you talked about social media importance here on the show. What are you doing preventatively? Like, I want to see the fucking preventative tweet. 
that says, you know what, you young kids out here, what the hell are we doing? We 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 got this huge name, LeBron James, huge name, Oprah Winfrey, huge name, uh, Tom Brady, whoever it may be. Uh, and and I don't see the preventative stuff. All I see is the aftermath of rest in peace. Well, it's too late, man. I, the T's and P's, I, I get it and all that. That's the political, uh, you know, co- politeness of it. But the be the truth of it is, we're not doing shit about the preventative side. And until we do, you're gonna see unfortunate shit like this. Continue. Yeah, yeah. It's it's easy to, it's easy for us to all say something after. Uh, easy. It's how easy. About, you know, yeah. How, but, how about instead of rest in peace, let's keep them alive in peace by making a difference beforehand. God damn, it's yeah. unbelievable to me, man. Unbelievable. Agreed. Um, second part of this, Sean. Uh, Derek Carr or Josh McDaniels? Uh, who's the biggest problem? Why? Um. I got something to say on this. I've seen a coach save a quarterback. I've never seen it. I've never seen a coach save a quarterback. I have seen a quarterback save coaches and probably a lot of them. I've also seen them get coaches fired. A bad play. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So that is my thing on this. I, I, I just have never seen a coach save a quarterback. So, uh, I don't know what your take is. Uh, I got to see Derek Carr over the weekend person in a press box suite, pretty damn close to the field. Pretty great. Uh, had a binocular level uh, deal where I can see it with my own binoculars because we were that close. Um, I just watched him in, in full coach mode, up and close, up personal. And uh, he has solidified my belief that I've been saying for years. He is holding back that roster because that roster is pretty damn good um, from top to bottom. And I'm talking about all over the field on both sides of the football. Uh, He is holding that roster back. Um, But now what you're going to have is, Sean, you're going to have the boo bird. Josh McDaniels, I've never seen a a crowd boo a man walking off a football field after a game worse than that. I thought they were going to jump on him. Uh, that's crazy in Vegas, uh, what they did. And in Oakland, Sean, you played there in L.A. Coliseum. They they probably would have grabbed him out of the damn off the field uh, because of how the landscape was at the Coliseum. And in Oakland, you can get to the guy almost. Uh, in, in Vegas, you can't quite get that low. Um, I, I think that uh, the Boo Birds are out in Vegas. They're, they're out to get Carr. They're out to get McDaniels. The blood is in the water. Uh, you're going to have the argument, Sean, that Carr threw for 4,800 yards last year. McDaniels is here now. Devontae Adams is here now. They're struggling. Uh, 4,800 yards was by a guy, in my opinion, who understood what he had with Carr. They threw the ball over the park uh, with John Gruden. They threw the ball over the park, and I, I don't know if I can just solely blame Josh McDaniels in one year. It's a new system and all that, yes. But Gruden had a new system in there as well, and he and 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 they looked better offensively, um, in my opinion. But also, I I never really saw Derek Carr take that step, even with Gruden. And there's a reason Gruden wanted to get Carr out of there. I think, to me, from a distance, not being in those meetings, it feels square peg and round hole to me. I think Josh McDaniels knows X's and O's. I think he's overwhelmed. I agree with you. Most of the time, it's the quarterback saving the coach, not the other way around. I do believe coaches uh, with proper impact can improve a guy's footwork and mechanics and do all that if you're paying attention. 
But on the football field, decision-making is not a coach's thing. It's a quarterback's thing. Who, who to get and how to get them, that's a, you, you're making those decisions. The best of the best get coaches new contracts, the, the average ones and below, or guys that are up and down get coaches fired. And I know that Derek was emotional about it. I know he cares. Hell, it's easy to see that he cares. But it looks to me, and, and uh, Coach JB, you know this, when I trained quarterbacks when I played, Anytime I was hesitant and and blinked before I made a decision, uh, it, it, it didn't end up very well. It's and he looks to me like he's indecisive. I've never met a non-aggressive, indecisive quarterback who sustained greatness. He'll put up numbers; they throw it. It looks to me they're fighting. It's like water, oil right now. Now, can it get fixed? Josh isn't stupid. But it feels like he's got so much on his plate as the coach and the fans booing and a quarterback. Are we, he's not our guy. We didn't draft him. But they'll say they love him and do they love each other. And then Devontae Adams coming out and saying not enough guys have bought in and are doing it, are, are finishing plays like we're supposed to, making those big plays when they present themselves. But this is Raider routine, man. This is who they've been. It's like when you put on the silver and black, and I'm a lifelong diehard bleed silver and black Raider fan. It's disheartening. So just to keep it simple until we show you with the visual of tape, Derek Carr does not look as decisive to me, and it's that simple. He's not throwing it to the right guy, and when it comes out for the most part, it ain't going where he needs it to go. And it appears that Josh McDaniels isn't quite sure, caught up in the purgatory between head coach and coordinator, and things just aren't fluid. And it's been going like that for a couple other places in the league, and this past weekend a couple of them got it going, but neither one of them were with first-year coordinator types in Green Bay and Tampa Bay. They got it going with veteran quarterbacks. I'm not comparing Derek there, but it, it's a bad mix. Well, somebody's going this offseason unless they get it fixed. And according to Mark Davis, at least it ain't going to be the, the head coach right now. They got a lot of fixing to do because if it doesn't get any better, if they keep making these decisions, those boobers are going to get louder and it's going to be miserable on everybody there. As De- Devontae Adams had a perfect quote, Sunday's supposed to be your favorite and your most fun day of the week. And he goes, right now, it's basically the most, the worst day or the most miserable day, whatever phrase he used. And he's exactly right. They're making it look awfully tough. Aside from the Texans, is there a worse team in the league right now? The way they're performing? No. And I would argue, I can't wait to play this game with you later, maybe Thursday. I just thought of it as I, as you asked that. So we got, I got to write this down. <laughs> That's how we do this show, by the way, folks. Uh, David Mills, Derek Carr, swap those guys. Uh, we could do that around the league. I can't wait. I think that'd be a great show on Thursday. We could add that into the show. I would love to hear your take. Buy or sell, right? Who you buying, who you selling? Yeah, because I'm going to tell you right now, I think Devontae Adams has buyer's remorse right now. And it is no question seeing him. He went over to Derek Carr on the sideline 30 feet from me. And I saw him MF him and talk about last he talked uh, and I heard what he said and I and I and I love the verbiage he used. He said, bro, I'm on the I'm at X with free access with a 10 yard corner sitting off. Why are you not even looking at me? And that when I hear that from your star wide out to your quarterback, something is missing. Because it's either, what am I looking at pre-snap? What's happening post-snap? 
Where are my eyes taking me? For what reason? And why do I not understand where the best receiver in football is? For surely the best on my team is at all times. And I, I don't know uh, what's going on there, but I got to see that um, question. I got to see that up close. And I'm going to tell you another thing, Sean. Um, me and Pat Perez were sitting there, man, and and, uh, and and watching this thing. If if, if Devontae Adams is not there, he probably made three or four Pro Bowl plays yet on Sunday in that game. If he's not there, Derek Carr may have not finished that game because he would have been yanked. If he's not there, they're picking first in the draft, and that's saying something. And you got a loaded roster. I mean, you had a roster to compete. You know, a lot of cats picked them up there to compete with the Chiefs over the Chargers. Yeah, they had him as a Super Bowl caliber roster. And another thing they got to do, first round picks got to start hitting. They got to start hitting. And really I've been watching this stuff all weekend, by the way. Me and, me and Pat were just watching some of the things you were saying. And, and I totally agree. Like, people talk about shoulda, woulda, couldas. And you talk about, well, the shoulda, woulda, couldas is going to be a first round draft pick here shortly. It's so exactly you can talk right. about how close you are, but close don't <laughs> close yeah, is only horseshoes so, hand grenades, Sean. Yeah, I'm so tired of hearing coaches say we're close and we played hard. Fuck you. I'm <laughs> no sorry. Shit. Quit no telling shit. that is the laziest tired narrative on the planet. It's what you go to when you're shitty. It's Have you ever noticed that? It is what you go to when you are a shitty team. You say, Hey, you know what? We're close. And we're close and we're played hard. That means we're really shitty. So hang in there with me and don't boo me too bad. That's no, what that no. means. It's a fucking excuse for an excuse, I call it. Yes. That's what it is. Uh, it, makes, it drives me nuts. But listen, Sean, the fan base is giving you true serum. You got to give me an answer. Derek Carr, Josh McDaniels, today you go in that organization as a GM. One's got to stay. One's got to go. Well, I can already tell you that if that's the case, they have to make. They're not. They're not going to do the one and done like, like the Texans did or may do again. Uh, the, the Carr would be the one that moves on, and and they would keep Josh McDaniels today. Is my gut feeling, because they haven't gone to where they want to go with the current quarterback. They've changed coaches, so now they may shift it and say, well, maybe it's the quarterback that we got to change. It, it it happens. I I would think that the as much as I think Josh has got a lot to learn, I do, about leadership. Um, you're asking me what the Raiders would make. The, the decision, I believe, would be Carr goes and, and Josh McDaniel stays. And then we'd have to decide whether that was right or wrong by the result after that. And depending on who they get. I always say this. If you're going to get rid of somebody, you better damn well sure make the replacement knows how to play at any position. There it's you funny go. funny you say that. Uh, we got to sit with the big boys. And I, I can't say who we were sitting with, but he's a big boy in the uh, – in the, in the hotel business and, and, and Pat's good friend. We got to sit with him in the booth. He's Davis's good buddy, obviously big sponsor of the Raiders. Uh, he said that he thinks discussions are car for Eric, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, it's going to be a lot more than just car, but that is going to be a debate. That is going to be something. And you know, as I know, those things start now, if that is really a thing. Yeah, and if they if they go back to being a non-playoff team and Dar and Aaron's frustrated and making fifty million a year, the Packers may just finally say, "Okay, let's get this Jordan Love guy some work." Or if they trade for Carr, it's Carr and Love battling it out, 
and a, and a bunch of first round picks or whatever it is you think it's worth. And the Raiders would be making the decision thinking we got about a two year window or three year window. We better kick ass. Cause I don't think, I don't think uh, Aaron's playing much longer than that, but you, yeah, if you're going to do it, you better do it while the getting's good. That's for damn sure. Yeah. And if you can keep Devonte there, which he's going to stay, you can't get rid of him. You're going to stay. He's going to be, in, he's going to be in Vegas and you yep. bring Aaron there and you keep Renfro and you get, you get Waller healthy and, and and you get you keep Jacobs, shit. I mean, you know, you, you got, got a chance. You got a chance. Yeah. Um. So it is what it is. I also I get rid of Derek Carr. I get I get rid of Derek Carr though over Jeff Saturday coaching. I think you've probably here here. I hate to say it because I do like Derek Carr, but there's a certain time when I've seen enough evidence that I I got a ceiling. It's time for me to move on. Yeah, and it's like, and I'm talking about coaches, it's general managers. I'm talking about pitchers, hitter. I, I, it's not anything other. It's not a not. It's just a fact. And Derek may go throw for five thousand yards somewhere else and be good. Hell, maybe he goes to the New Orleans Saints and says, "I'm yeah. your quarterback, and we're, we got good weapons. Let's go." A change of venue sometimes helps, but I know there's a ceiling. And to be honest with you, I don't think there's 15 quarterbacks that are capable of carrying a team to a Super Bowl. There may be 15 of them and eight of them got to have really good players around them. And then there's 15 or so or 17 that aren't going to, that, that just aren't ever going to even sniff one. And then there's a group of six to eight that you say, okay, that fool can win it. He goes on a run to look out, but there ain't many that go on a run with bad football teams and win Super Bowls. That shit just doesn't happen. No matter how good your quarterback is, you better have some players and you better have a quarterback that's got February shit in his veins. Okay. And that's Super Bowl time. And the Raiders have probably hit their ceiling with the current situation, unfortunately. No that's question. coming from a diehard Raider fan. It's a bummer for me because I like Derek Carr. No, no doubt. No question. Uh, dead or alive, we're still in pre-snap breed here. Dead or alive, uh, Packers, let's go there. Start first. Packers, uh, dead or alive in your estimation. They just got a huge win over Dallas. I bet on Packers to win outright. I, I just had a gut feeling. I thought I, I'm like this. You, you better win one of these games or it's over. And, and they got it done. Uh, the Vikings have pulled away in that division, but that doesn't mean much because the Green Bay can get second place in that division and, and, and they'll, they can still get in the playoffs, in my opinion, very, very easily right now when, when your best team in the NFC is probably in the West, it's probably the Niners at five and four. So it's not a huge uh, fight over here on the West. Green Bay can get in the playoffs still. Um, not only mathematically, but just figuratively speaking, I can see them getting in with a guy like Aaron Rodgers catching fire here. Uh, beat a great defense in, in 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 Dallas. We can debate the Dak Prescott stuff later, but uh, are the Packers dead or alive? Life support. Even though they won, I think they're still real. They got to show me two or three weeks in a row that these young fellas can step up and do it. I saw it. That looked like the Rodgers team. And Aaron did not have to throw 28 to 32. They made big plays when necessary, and their defense got after it and forced some turnovers and red zone throw by Prescott. Can't make that throw down there. Um, I'm saying life support. The reason why is where they got to go. One or two teams from the West. Seattle loses to Tampa, which keeps, you know, the Green Bays are like, okay, those type of teams you need to lose, and you got to go on a roll. So what is their record right now? Three wins? Are they three and six? Three and five? Four and six. Four and six. Okay, so they're four and six. All right, so at four and six with seven games to go, they got to go five and two 
to get in, in my opinion. Five and two. I've seen nothing consistently that tells me they're capable of getting going five and two until this past weekend. I saw that they're capable then. I know the quarterback's capable. Show me. I, I got to see another week before I can put them either dead or alive. They are on life support, though, because I don't think you can go. I don't think eight wins is getting you in in the NFC. There's three teams from the NFC East that's going to make it. One team, probably two from the West. That's five. The South has to have a representative, Tampa. That's six. Where's seven coming from? The Commanders, the Packers, the uh, hell. Some. I mean, you start to look around, then you say, well, the the in truth, by default, you may be able to get in. So there's some teams alive, but I got to see it. The best quarterback of a team that's supposed to be dead is him, Aaron Rodgers. So we'll see. I got him on life support. If I was betting now, I would not bet a futures bet that they're in the playoffs this year. At least right now. Since we'll turn we'll turn this into a full analytical show, it's unbelievable. They won three in a row, beating the Bears, the Bucks, and the Patriots, which you can argue right now, Bucks and Patriots may be on the upswing on 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 playing well. Um, now then they go ahead and lose five in a row to the Giants, Jets, Commanders, Bills, and Lions, which has to kill them right now. Um, but going forward, just beat the Cowboys. They got the Titans. That's going to be a damn dog fight. You got the Eagles next, who just lost last night. You have the Bears, which he owns Chicago. Uh, you got the Rams, which obviously we that's a whole nother show discussion. You got Tua and the Dolphins. Then you got Minnesota, and then you end with the Lions. I don't see five wins there, the way they've played. I know, right. I know their ability. I'm talking about the way they've played. Remember, right. this isn't the last three years, 13-win Green Bay Packers. Right. Whenever Rodgers is on your team, hell yeah, I think you got a chance. Yes. But yeah. I, I got to see some evidence. Evidence tells me that for them to go 5-2, and two, they'd have to have some out-of-body experience with that entire roster. I ain't buying it yet. If I was betting, I'd say they're not in the playoffs. I see them beating the Chicago. I see them they could beat the Rams. I see them beating the Lions. At the end, that's three. They'd have to beat either the Eagles. They'd have to beat the Titans. Which is doable. They had to beat the Titans, Eagles, or Titans, Vikings. And those other teams we played about. And can they get through? Can they beat Miami in Miami? And that Vikings team dismantled them in in their game two of the year. I think it was was the opener. Might have been the opener. Game one, right? 23-7. Right. They, they put it on them. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, interesting. Um, all right. Tampa Bay Bucks. You know, Tom Brady got divorced. You know, I don't know. I've never been married, so I can't tell you. I just stay away from it altogether. That's just less stress, I think, altogether. So I, I got to say, is he less stressed, ready to go? Oh, or is he all-in guy now? And it seems like, you know, seems like that way. I mean, it beat a pretty good Seattle team uh, in Germany. Um you got to get up at six in the morning on the West Coast to watch the goddamn game, but that's a whole nother debate. Uh, so, what do you think, Bucks? Back or alive? I watched every snap of that. First off, the division is going to by default they're going to win the division, so they're getting the playoffs. There, they are alive, and I'm not going to say well yet, but they are alive. Now, the last quarter or the last handful of minutes of the game against the Rams. And the game against the Seahawks tell me, be careful, NFC. 
you keep you go ahead and start bullshitting and let those guys reel off six or seven in a row and roll into January and number 12's feeling it and he looked happy in Germany. I know he had a blast. He looked enthusiastic. Guys were making runs out of the catch. I mean, catch out, you know, running after the catch, making clutch catches. The Fournette was playing downhill. I mean, the whole running game was kicking ass. Byron Leftwich looked into rhythm. I'm just, I'm just telling you, I've seen the movie more than once. This is like Fast and the Furious 12, brother. They're not, I'm telling you, go Shit. ahead and go ahead and dick around and let Tom roll off about six in a row and get into the playoffs feeling it. With the NFC how it is this year, his ass will be sitting in Scottsdale, Arizona, getting ready to play in a Super Bowl if you're not careful. Now, three weeks ago, we're laughing at him. Like, come on, dude. But remember going into the season, people said this is the best roster they, they've had since Tom's been there. Then the Godwin trying to get healthy. Julio looked like he had some burst. They're, they're starting to do it. They're run, Like I said, and their defense flies around now, getting healthy, getting pissed. Tom looks like there's some peace of mind clearance, Clarence for whatever it is he's got going on. I'm just telling you, a 23-year quarterback who now I'm starting to think this fool's going to come back and do it again next year, that he may be loving this shit so much he don't want to retire, which I would have said four weeks ago, he's miserable as hell. Who doesn't want to retire now with all he's done enough? But I'm just, I'm, I'm just telling you, be friggin' NFC. If you're already talking about everybody else and forgetting them, go on ahead because they are making the playoffs and you'd be just an absolute imbecile to bet against him. If they win like seven and, you know, win this and go six of the next seven, I'm just telling you, uh, uh, JB, be careful because they will be dangerous. And you, you tell me who you bet. Okay. Brady versus Cousins in the in a playoffs. Who are you picking? I just, I just was about to say, do you want to fucking play anyone worth? Is there another person on the planet that you you just don't want to see in the playoffs, even if they're reeling into that thing? Hobbling? Go through them all. Who? Gino or Tom? <laughs> Fuck Brady. Gino or Gino or Jimmy? Brady. Gino or Cousins? Brady. Gino Brady. or Hertz? Brady. There's four of them. Gino Brady. or Prescott? Gino Brady. or Daniel Jones? Gino Brady. or Taylor Heineke? Brady. Gino, I mean, dude. Do you want me to stop? I mean, are, are we serious now? It's like a debate. It's like a debate, right? Who gets going more, Aaron Rodgers, Packers, or the Bucks? Because right. both of those guys are are guys that you don't want to see in the fucking playoffs. Right. You want to keep them out because once they're in, it's like the heavyweight champ who got up off the mat and said, "Oh, you didn't knock me out. You are screwed now, Muhammad Ali. You better knock him out, or you ain't winning." And guess what? That you're talking about super heavyweights. I'm just it. Uh, I, dude, I I, I'm telling you, I, I refused. Even when they were down and out, I'm like, gosh, they look bad. But they're going to make the playoffs because the division. And now I'm starting to see a little bit more flavor to them, a little bit more urgency. And that's not good for the rest of the NFC. We'll see. They got to sustain it too. But uh, the last few, the last few weeks, the last five quarters or so, look out. I'm just telling you, look out. No, I'm with you. I'm definitely with you. Um, commanders. I think on my Coach JB show, I said uh, Heineke's going to win three or four in a row. He, he won three in a row, should have won four in a row. He's won four out of five now. Uh, beats the Eagles last night. The undefeated Eagles, the only undefeated team in the NFL, should have beat the Vikings uh, two weeks ago. Um, <clears throat> ah, shit. He, 
you said something interesting off air. Uh, you might have saved the head coach's job. You cannot. It's. I think it's a fact. You cannot. I don't think that. Now, I'm not saying they're dead, but as far as alive goes, think about this, JB. If things go normal, that would be four teams from the same division in the playoffs. Because the three in front of them, unless they piss down their leg, or may, they're making the playoffs, right? And that's going to put Green Bay in a very peculiar situation. Right, right. So if, if that situation. So the only thing that tells me they're dead is that you've got to hope that your division goes to hell in a handbasket and that you that they, you guys continue. Now, I know this. They'll knock the hell out of you on defense. Jack's defense, they'll hit. They'll knock the piss out of you. And this kid, I'm. It, it, listen, I don't care if Carson, uh, Carson Palmer. Carson Wentz came back 100% healthy. Better physical skill set. Heineke's got more energy. He's better for the team. You want to keep your job, Heineke plays. You want to put yourself in a bind, Carson would play. And even when Ron Rivera threw Carson under the bus and then had to apologize for it, he was telling you what you needed to know. This dude ain't for us right now. No, I, I hate to do that. Listen, if you decide to go back to Carson Wentz, you are dumb as hell. Tyler Heineke is the starting quarterback for Washington your team is not better with Carson Wentz. That is a fact. You do not disrupt this. Even if Wentz was 100% healthy, Taylor Heineke saving a staff's job. I'm just telling you, they are. I got I to gotta ask you a question. Uh, as I hear you talk, it makes me think. Uh, I've, I've been on record as I think Carson Wentz is one of the two most overrated quarterbacks we've seen, uh, him and Baker Mayfield. So let me ask you, let me take, let me, let me ask you this. Has Carson Wentz got Peterson fired, Frank Reich fired, and would have gotten this man fired if he would have kept playing? Because if he's if he's still the quarterback, they're 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 probably two and six. Tell me so, what a quarter, yeah, when a quarterback with that much fanfare who came in and then has gone to hell in a handbasket in three consecutive years was going to get three coaches. <clears throat> Uh, given the heave ho or whatever it is, you well, know. What I'm I'm, let's break it down for the novice fan, Sean, because they may not know what I mean. <clears throat> Frank Reich didn't get fired because of Carson Wentz. Well, let's look at it. If he wins a game last year in Jacksonville, they go to the playoffs. Frank Reich probably not quite in the hot seat he is in right now this year. That got him fired because he would have went to the playoffs. And you never know what that Colt team, which I thought had a damn Super Bowl roster last year, could have gotten done in the playoffs. Uh, with with the way Taylor and that run game was going, right. that playing, yeah, um, they they could have they could have made some headway in the playoffs. I don't think Frank Wright's. I think Frank Wright's still the coach. That is point number one. Peterson, they win a Super Bowl without Wentz, even though he was the guy that you know did a good job all year that year, which, which everybody thought he was the new next best thing. Uh, you know, Foles comes in, wins a Super Bowl, and then after that, Wentz goes to shit. And he's traded out of there. Uh, coach and change. Uh, you hire this other guy. They get rid of wins. I mean, I mean, just think about it. And, and now look at look what's going on in Washington. It looks like he was on his way out. Um, if Wentz is still the quarterback, if you're sitting in those meeting rooms and evaluate, and you're the Washington Commanders, don't do something stupid. No, you leave no. the guy. You leave the guy in until he proves he can't play. Meaning Heineke. He's just, it's just more energy. They respond better to him. It's, it's, it, the naked eye can see. You don't have to be a quarterback expert to notice that. But Sean, what do I know? I can't wait for the, but what do we know segment? I mean, you know, Kyler Murray didn't play yesterday. How, how ironic, how ironic they, how was that 
winning the football game and how energetic the roster looked in Arizona beating the Rams with a quarterback who hasn't played a fucking football game since goddamn Texas. Like, what in the hell? McCoy, Are we paying these dudes too fast? We're paying them too fast. We're and our, and our expectations are too high. I, I mean, too early. I, I can't wait. I can't wait for this last segment. Like, underrated quarterbacks versus overpaid QBs. Heineke, we just talked about him. We just talked about him. I'm taking Heineke over wins all day, every day. There's not even a debate. I've said it on my show months ago. I'm saying it now. We just said, Sean, you just said the same thing. Unequivocally, we have no issue. Cooper Rush, for the money and the value, he went 4-1, and 5-1 and one overall, 1-0 and oh last year, 4-1 and one this year. Um, Dax came back. He has reeled off three in a row as the starter. Uh, I don't know if their schedule's been great. But having said that, this is the NFL. I mean, the NFL schedule is an NFL schedule. I, don't, I hate to hear NFL schedule. Their schedule's weak. Uh, no, they're not. They're, it's the NFL. Um, so do you pay a guy like Dak who throws a late pick in the game or late and just makes decisions that we continue to see every single year? Or do you go with a guy like Cooper Rush? Like 46 football throws by Dak Prescott to me is just not conducive for Dallas Cowboys success. You know, what I, I, you know what I think about like the Cooper Rushes and the Colt McCoys, Taylor Heineke's? Listen, can you expand your offense more with Dak Prescott? Yeah, he's a better talent. But so is Carson Winston, Taylor Heineke. That doesn't make you a better player. They're not going to move. Prescott's staying in there. They've already committed that money, and so is Kyler Murray when he's healthy, and you and I both know that, at least this year. Yet the offense looks smoother going with 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 uh, Colt McCoy yesterday. Oh, and with, that, with Dak Prescott, you're limited with Cooper Rush, but here's the deal. Sometimes when a quarterback knows his limitations, he doesn't throw it to the wrong guy. And sometimes when you're highly paid and highly talented, you expect that everybody expects you to make every play. So what you try to do is make every play, and then guess what happens? You don't make enough plays. And that's what happened yesterday's game and put themselves in a bunch. They were up 28-14 in the fourth quarter, had no business losing on, on Sunday. It was a horseshit way to lose. And, uh, the, you're, and when you're putting value on it, of course, your approach when you're – you got a half a million dollar backup or a $750 backup or a million dollar backup or $2 million backup instead of 40 million. Yeah, no doubt about it. The question is, then you say, when you've got to make certain throws in the postseason, can Cooper rush and can Colt McCoy consistently make those? We may never know because we're not going to see Arizona in the playoffs and Taylor Heineke's trying to do it, but the Dallas Cowboys should make the playoffs, but they, they've already emptied the bucket. So you know, who's playing, but you are right. Sometimes it's too soon and too early. And, and, and let's be honest. Um, you know, we can we, we can keep talking about all this debate all we want. On my show, I had a big old debate, and I told Jason Whitlock on his show, you cannot think in a, in a million years, if you think that, uh, I'm running a blank, but the OC in, in, uh, in Dallas is going oh, to – Oh, you're talking about Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore is going to continue to call the same offense with Dak as he did with Cooper Rush. You are fooling yourself, and you are mistaken in this profession. And you know shit. You don't know shit about the profession. That is what these naysayers don't get. 
Kellen said, Moore's, yeah, Kellen Moore's going to call plays to be a offensive. He's calling plays to give himself a head coaching job. Uh, fuck, and, and you're calling plays to a two hundred million dollar dude compared yes. to a fucking two hundred thousand dollar dude who's going to listen, take it in, be subordinate. Yes, sir, coach, let's do it. If I don't fucking have number two and he's cloudy, I'm throwing the ball away. There ain't no number three for me. We're Dak number three and then number four, and then I can tuck it and run, and I can get hurt, and I can waste money. Like, people don't realize Kellen Moore's offensive play calling, you can try to say you're going to call it the same shit, but you're not. And did you see Cooper Rush throw the ball 46 times in a game? No. And He ain't throwing it 30 times. <laughs> This guy threw the ball 46 times yesterday. I'm sorry. That, that's just not his strength. Um, the strength. It's not, it's not a recipe to win games game. either. It's just not. Yep. It's a run game, right? Yep. I don't know. I don't know it's very interesting. I mean, I can go down the line here. Geno Smith. Uh, uh, you know, Mills. Mills. I like Mills a lot. I think the roster is just horrific. I think coaching's bad there. I think the roster is horrific. I think and it's going to cost him his job. It's gonna it's gonna cost him his. They're gonna draft a quarterback with the first the first or second pick of the draft. Which is which is just the same old. We just right. keep the same shit, yep. expect a different result every year yep. in these organizations. Yep. And like, I, you know, Geno Smith's been an MVP guy all year long. He's been phenomenal. He just got beat by a better quarterback this past weekend, and they didn't play their best game. And Brady's just a better player. But Geno Smith deserved to be in the MVP talk. You talk about the ratio. He was like fifteen and four, which is what you like, completing to seventy percent. And he's been a big reason why that team's in position to win the division. Um, I've gained a lot of trust in him. Here's a guy who sat back, been a journeyman, and now he's locked in. And that may prevent the Seattle Seahawks from drafting a quarterback in the first round next year, which we thought was a foregone conclusion in training camp. I, I, I got I to ask you, because, um, uh, you know, Geno Smith, I just want to – I just want to – I'm just like – Geno Smith – Versus Kyler Murray, like oh, well, I, I just, take Gino, uh, Gino all day right now, all day. I, I'm just looking at it like I want to, I want to, I want to make, I want to make it a point. Like, do people understand what we're showing you here? Uh, Gino Smith, an empty pass pro. We've shown you tons of Kyler Murray in empty, empty sets. We're in zero personnel, emptied out. Gino Smith clearly, Sean versus Kyler Murray, where he doesn't understand where his hot insights are coming from. Gino understands there's nothing out of the ordinary here, and I'm comfortable in the pocket. I know my O-line only has to block these front four here because I know by alignment that nobody's blitzing from their depth. This guy right here is not blitzing from no depth. This guy right here is not blitzing from no no depth. We got nobody to cover him up. So, you know, he ain't blitzing. Right. Gino realizes this, Sean, as you know. And look how comfortable he is in the pocket. Okay, here we go, Sean. You can coach it up. He's looking to the right to the three-by-three three side here, and he's got manned-up coverage. He don't like it. It's cloudy. And look at his reset. Tyler Murray would have escaped the pocket. He would have spun out. He would have did some shit. Look how sound he is. How 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 found, how sound he is and the comfortable he is in the pocket. He has right. no worries. Boom. Look at this and Shift. go back. Let me let me walk through real quick. This is such great tape. 
walk back. Now, one thing, Coach, point to those two linebackers you were talking about that aren't coming. Now, let's see. Here's another thing Geno Smith knows. I can guarantee it. With four rushing, four down, and two in the box, six-man box for the most part, even though that guy's kind of rude, it's really a five-man box. But those two guys that are circling the red and the blue, here's what Geno does. He knows that if he goes Mike left, that the guy over the red there, the guy circled in the red, if he goes Mike left, the three on the left, the center of the guard and the tackle are blocking those three to the left of the hash mark. And the guard and the tackle block on the right, that Geno would simply throw hot off the guy circled red. But he knows with the depth of the safety covering up, he ain't got a hot. He's just going to peek it at the snap just in case. And the opposite would be true if he went Mike right. They'd block the guy in the red, and then that guy would be his hot circled blue, and his head would go left immediately and then go back to his read. And now take it to the top of the, the drop here. This is phenomenal. He already knows secured. Freeze. Now look at this. Look at the window to run. There's there's a robber. There's a guy sitting there, but this isn't Kyler Murray where you got a guy who's either a, a, a guy who's spying him or what. Look at the, the lane that he could take off right now, which is one read guys do. Oh, I don't like the first read. I'm taking off. Now, Coach, I know you teach this too. I, when we say reset or hitch in the pocket, guys think you got to climb like four yards up back to trouble. Look how he plays in the hula hoop. Stays right there in the circle, hitches in place, and flips his hips. And now he's got, if he wants the guy in front of him on the check down, if he doesn't like the leverage, Pop that dig route or curl route coming in right behind. Let's see where he throws it. He's reading right there. Read right there, exactly right? Exactly right. And so he's right now he's got, boom, pound that in behind him. There you go. Watch what he does. Instead of climbing and re-hitching and being all to, to, to uh, you know, go back again, moving parts with his upper body. Look how quiet his upper body is. And his head snaps immediately because he knows where all five guys are. Boom, get backside, freeze. He knows the guy jumping it. He likes the leverage of the dig coming in behind the sit-down or the stick route and throws him open. He's not open right now. He throws it between the hash and the top of the numbers, gets him on a dig route coming from your backed up at your own 15. Now look at this rip shot or his own 19, and he sees leverage and gets it between hash marks. Ball's on time, thrown open. This is not – he doesn't need to see the eyes of the receiver. Rips it in there, gets it to him on the run. Let's see what happens after the catch. That's, that's where the throw needs to be, Sean, because I wanted exactly to right. point, out a, point out a little bit of something that people watching this don't understand. That guy is the danger player and will pick the football off. Because he's got nobody threatening him, so he's he's like a, he's, he's freed up to go wherever he wants with your eyes. So Gino gets there and makes a quick decision. He takes one more hitch. That ball may be picked. And he by takes the reset, and throws him open. As you said, pre-snap and showed everybody what you talked about when we ID'd in, in the red here earlier, he knew that, that was his ID, and he's also he knows that guy is still there. Right, that he's not oh, going he knows. anywhere. I gotta throw it in this blue window right here where that line is right now, based on the yellow circle defender. And this is telling me Gino's seeing things. Let me tell you why. Look at the three the triangle receivers down here. Yes. Every one of them squeeze. So instead of hanging down here and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting, he's off it. He sees leverage and see they're all covered. So what's he do? I got a two-man. It's a two-on-one backside as long as if he waits one more split second to the three-receiver side, he's late getting to his other read. And that means the guy, the, 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 that guy right there circled in the middle is going to sit there and spy it, and he's going to jump that, and he's going to be sitting there with nobody to hold him. So what's he do? There's a window there that you have to throw him open. 
Big problem is, guys, wait till they're into the window. Throw, look at this. And he hasn't moved from his pocket where he set up originally. Not at all. Not at all. Let's go to the end zone and see it better. Um, this, is what, just... this is so beautiful, man. This is how this yeah. is this is this is teaching there he video. Go, Sean. Just walk us walk. We pointed my yeah, class. We, there's there no other show. Watch no it. Show like it. He's coaching it up. Have you seen Kyle Murray ever do this? Freeze it right there. You know why he goes Mike left? And see the center. He tells the center, go Mike left. Mike is whatever number that is right there. Eight, nine, number nine. He goes, nine, Mike nine, left, nine. Freeze, freeze it. Watch the center. Go back to the top again, coach. This is just communication. Four man down. He likes it. And you know why he's doing it? Because he knows his head's taking him to the strong side. He's going to protect his backside first. So he says, hey, center, let's go Mike left. You three got those three. I got 49 as my guy. They all know that that guy right there, 49, right there by the goalposts, that's his guy. And his, and that's the slot guy. That it's more than likely it's the number three receiver who's removed there in this formation because he sees him easier than the number two or the number one receiver. So now he's going to calmly get and, back in the and gun. Sean, and another thing, Sean, um, he knows this guy is hot. Yes. That's what I'm he saying. Knows he's pointing he's him. Or side adjust. He knows that. Right. So let's ID this guy. Right. So now, and now you're down go your right. head, and, you, and your head goes right to the front side anyway. So he's right in your vision. Plus, it's three is. by one over there, right? We got three by one. We got trips over there to our right. So that's yeah. a three by one strength. We got a concept over there that's more likely number favorable, right? So we can favor the numbers game. And if they get, if it's just straight press and our whiteouts don't win, guess what? I'm going back to the ID that's being blocked, and I know I'm not. I know I'm comfortable in the red in in the pocket here. Freeze! Oh. Look at him. Okay, set. Nothing panicked. He already knows it's covered. Watch him snap his head and get right to the guy. Stay there. Rip shot. This is beautiful. And look at he's not wide. He's not getting disengaged from his body. Lower half plays where his feet are, and that's a first down. Backed up. That's a bitch ass play to make. That is a tough, you know, they're, you're, you're backed up. You're at your own 19, playing against a team that's going to come that knows how to pass rush. Look at his base. Balls, the, the ball is right there, loaded up the whole time. He doesn't drop it. His, his Watch, go back to the when he's holding it, coach. I know this is stuff that freeze. Now look at it, quiet. He's not, the ball's not up and down. He's not jacking the thing, and he's just, freeze. Look at that. Perfect position, loaded, ass to the grass, knees bent, Vision, he sees the window. That receiver that he's thrown to is covered right now. But now it's called throw his ass open. What's Gino do? Put that front foot in the ground, pick it up, put it down, and rip that bitch right in the window. Bingo. There you go. K you KM go. right there stands for Kyler Murray, coach. He runs that fucking football right oh, there. Oh, he runs it and try, and he probably makes the guy miss. But this yes. is just let the other guy. That's why they get paid money to run after the catch and do it. Sits there, doesn't climb that window. That's how you sit in the pocket and have awareness. With a this, Geno Smith made so much progress. This is comfortable knowing where all five dudes are, knowing all twenty-two, knowing who's blocking who, and now knowing who the guy is. It becomes the biggest, as you know what I use. Who is the who is the biggest conflict? And right now, it's the guy right in front of him that can drive on the throw, sitting right there inside the hash mark, and Geno knows there's a window. He's got a high low, the guy that's behind that's underneath this back check down, rip it right in the friggin' hole. That you don't need to see anything else other than know does a guy get it or does he not? He gets it. Geno Smith gets it.
Kyler Murray and a bunch of others need to go back and watch how this guy does it. That was and beautiful. I take Gino all day. We've both seen Gino in empty. We've both seen Kyler in empty. I've broken down Kyler in empty sets, which we have tons of film on Kyler as well, which we'll break down later. But right there, I'm taking the guy in the yellow square box, Gino Smith, all Gosh, day long. Poise. You see his balance and base in the pocket, coach, and how he stays loaded. Shot. Underpaid, underrated versus overpaid. One for right. one so far. We both agree. Gino Smith. Yep. All right, where are you at with Mills versus Dak Prescott? Uh, right now, Prescott's a better player right now. Yeah, no doubt. And, 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 but if, if you're asking me if Davis Mills was on the Cowboys, would he be uh, playing starting quarterback for the Cowboys again next year? The answer is yes. The one thing that's missing is people wonder, can he sustain throws late under duress? That's what people here are wondering. I love the kid. I coached him at a camp when he was a high schooler, loved him then. He didn't, hasn't played a lot of football when he was at Stanford. I think he's got some ability, but unfortunately you're not going to get to see enough of it because their, their, their weapons are weak. Pierce is their best football player and he's a running back. Yeah. So Davis is going to take all the heat and they, they I don't think they, they, I don't think they uh, enhance his strengths. And so, and then the play calling and he's going to, he's going to suffer for it, but somewhere, somehow, whether it's here, somewhere else at Houston, that uh, Davis Mills is going to prove to somebody he can play football, but, is he a program changer? The answer right now is no, but he's a good player. No doubt. I, and we're not saying, Sean, you know, as well as I know, me and you aren't sitting here saying, let's replace Cooper <laughs> Rush with that. Let's replace Mills with, with these guys. What we're saying is underrated guys are very, very capable of winning football games in the NFL and saving some money for some better players across the roster. And there's guys out there right now that get the damn position to in totality, like Geno Smith, like Taylor Heineke, like Cooper Rush, like Mills. There's guys out there that you can take a shot at and say, you know what? We might not sell as many tickets in the stands, but goddamn, we're going to win some football games. And, 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 I, and I don't have to draft a guy in the first round. I can let and, a guy and play. And get a better running back and an old lineman and a D tackle. I mean, yeah, an, an edge rusher, a friggin' monster corner. You're exactly right. Um, up next, first and ten. First down. We got first down. Um, got to get into a few things. I got, I got this. Uh, Derek Carr. Uh, I was at the game. Uh, you know, I was at the game, and I and I and I got to see. Uh, I got to see Derek up up close. Um. I just I don't know what your take is on this, but but let's have fans take a listen. If you haven't seen it, I'm sure you've seen it. I love I love Josh. I love the car. I love our coaches. Um, they've had nothing but success, you know, way more success than I've ever had, you know. And uh, you know, I'm sorry. Derek, um, you know, sorry. Continue. To finish that, sorry for being emotional. I'm just pissed off about some of the things, you know, that a lot of us try and do just to practice. Sean, I can't watch it. I can't watch it no more. I don't know what I don't know what, what your take is on it. I know you like the guy as a, as a man. I and, do, and I think he's a good player. I, I just don't I think he's a great player. That right there. Uh, Here's I, the pro- I can't go to work with you tomorrow. Yeah, here's the problem with pro with pro football. 
he's going to turn into a meme and a gif on Twitter. <laughs> on social yeah, media. I hate to say it. And I don't, here's what I don't like. But Sean, before you go there, before you, before you even go there, if you did that in your era, no social media, I wouldn't, they wouldn't have started me the next week. I wouldn't but have played. But your guys wouldn't have fucking the, the, rallied they, around they, you ever again. Like, they, they, they would have said, well, well, the first thing they would have said is, dude, why the hell are you apologizing? He said, I'm sorry. But he said, I'm sorry before he got emotional. No, now, no. listen, I'm not going to make fun and mock the guy. Shit. I know, and I know he cares, but there's a part of me that thinks is the emotion because he's concerned that they're not winning. But I know he cares. So I'm, I'm not going to be that guy that buries a guy who's getting kicked in the rib cage already. But I, not the time or the place. If you want to, at the end of the season, say, gave it your all, you're exhausted. I, I get it. I get it. During a season, first of all, don't you ever apologize to anybody unless you're not playing hard or showing up on time. If you're playing your ass off, trying your best, you owe no, not one single person an apology for, for playing hard. But the room, I know how cold-blooded it can be. The players don't want to see that. They'd rather have you step up there and say, I'm done with this press conference. So you guys can all go, I don't give a rat's ass what you say. That's just the cold, hard facts of this business. He, he, we know he cares. He probably doesn't have to tell us that. Um, and the emotions and the tears, I, I don't think he'll win over people that are soft hearted, but in the locker room, there's going to be, a, there's going to be some eye rolling going on. And I hate to say it, but you and I both know that's the, that's the nature of this business. Let me ask you this. Um, let me ask you this. Uh, get this thing going i there's a thing out when in the coaching world that you're, when we're coaching well you've coached him not him but what would you say if you're a coach and you saw it oh uh, well i i have a thing i have a i have a saying for guys um i call them fake ass good boys and in my opinion that's what he is because you can't preach the gospel on this side and be in the pocket with the happiest feet of any quarterback in the nfl and your eyes are around your feet all the damn time because you're worried about getting hit if you walk by faith and not by sight, as you claim to be. Now, I I don't want to bring God into uh, this game and this sport, but gosh dang it, you got to have some nuts and guts in this damn profession. And at that position especially, you got to have some nuts and guts. And if you don't have nuts and guts, you can't stand in that position and you can't play quarterback in the NFL. I'm sorry. And he has shown this year in, year out, that you don't have him. And you can't get up here now and cry about it and, 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 and act like you care so damn much about losing when at the end of the day, he's crying to me, coaching kid my whole life. I see what he's crying for. And he's crying because he knows he's not very good. He's not the guy. He's you not getting he's, done. Do pand- you think he's pandering for, effect- for for people to feel bad for him? 1,000%. I had a coach house on it. JB, I had a coach. I'll leave his name out because I, I love him and respect him. Who told me a, c- a couple years ago in person over a cold beer at a round of golf. And, I, uh, and he said, love the guy. Love how competitive he is. He's smart as hell. He said, but keep an eye on games late or games when he gets hit early and keep an eye on certain games late in the season. He goes, like he said, he said, I love him to death, but he just said, 
you know, and like I said, he, he, he's talked to somebody who was closer to the guy. He talked to somebody who was closer to the guy. And the message he got from that guy was if he's getting knocked around early in a game or late in the season when things aren't going well, he'll, he'll tease you to the point, And then all of a sudden you're, you're going to break your heart. Yeah. And unfortunately he's been spot on for Derek Carr since. Yeah. And I trust the guy who told me this because I know he trusts the guy who told him. And unfortunately, I've been spot on with these quarterbacks, and right. people think people think I'm a hater. No, it, I, I don't have anything against them. I don't know the man. I don't have anything. It's not a personal thing with these guys. I don't ever judge these guys personally. It's everything I see. I'm not judging. Them. I don't, I'm sure they're right good now. people. I'll buy his ass a beer if he wants one. I don't I, care I'm about that. Showing, I'm showing him a damn what's on the film. I mean, right. if 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 you run into McDonald's and Robin and it's on camera, guess what? It's factual evidence. That's factual evidence too. So, yep. uh. Uh, Bill's forced uh, Allen to play is one narrative, Sean. And, and, and we're going to run through this show and break down a guy and, and get out of here today on this third install. Um, love to be back with you. I can't wait to Thursday already, and we're still talking Tuesday. Bill's forced uh, Allen to play is one side of the, the, the narrative. The other narrative, Allen said, no, I'm going to play regardless. Either way, Sean, they lost the game. To me, it's a lose-lose. Because guess what? If you don't play them, you still have the same record you do if you played them. And it comes down, you know, six, a half dozen the other. Uh, you know, we can go back and, and, and look back and retrospectively speak and all that crap and think and all this. Bottom line is this guy's not healthy because maybe that pick late, he's trying to say, oh, I could fit this in any other time of my life. Right now, my, 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 my damn elbow's not allowing it. And I threw a pick. Well, then you shouldn't have played. You should be getting healthy. Uh, and, and, and if you force the management to play you, then there's a problem there too. And I don't know what's who's wrong, who's right here, Sean. I just know this. They lost the football game, and they would have yep. lost without them. So having said that, I'd rather have played them in the Super Bowl healthy if Vikings are going to be that good. And I don't even need to reiterate what you said because we are on the same page, same church pew, same church bench. Uh, in the same building, excuse me, in the same church pew, sitting there in, in church, as you said, not to bring church into it. But I will tell you this simply, that you know he's competitive and wants to play. I'll ask you real quick. Do you think the games like that and over the last three weeks' interceptions, as confident and good as he is, that it can start to have a mental effect, that the physical affected the mental? No doubt about it. And, yeah, now and i got to have him full go mentally and physically the whole year for me to win a Super Bowl. Now he's got both. Now yep. he's got both in his head. Now he's got both. You start in to his question. Head. You start to question. Am I doing the right thing here? Even the greatest of the greatest of all, at one point in time, questioned where their shit was. And right now, I got to believe he's asking himself the same thing. Even as good as he uh, he has been, there's been some really blatant picks that he's not used to throwing. So he's got to ask the question himself. I'm and sure. I, and, I, and I would have loved it if if this kid could have gone for me. And I'm the head coach, and I'm McDermott. I say, go ahead, let's go, let's go. You're gonna of course, play. yeah. Let's go. But I'm guess what? We're not throwing the fucking ball down the middle late ever. And that is just co- football 101 at the quarterback position. Cardinal sin 101. And that is what I don't get. So that you, part needs to be fixed. So when you, when you see the pick drive in the last pick he threw to end the game, he has a guy sitting right wide open on a dig route that catches the ball and is sitting down inside the red zone with a possible win. Instead, he takes an extra hitch or two and throws a post, and the guy's sitting in the end zone. The defender's sitting there where 
you can't throw that ball there. And he looked like he played, put it this way, he made a couple of throws that said, this is a Josh Allen rookie. He's better yeah. than that. And he's got to stop that if they're going to yeah, be a Super no Bowl. Uh, no doubt. Um, third down. Uh, we're third and long. Aaron Rodgers gets a big win. Is he back? Uh, let me ask you this. Is Aaron, we already talked about dead or alive and, and, and things like that. Uh, Aaron Rodgers gets a big win. Is he back individually, not not team speaking? He throws three touchdowns, this Watson kid. Uh, there's a guy named Van Scantling out there, uh, Sean, who who got a pretty good-sized bag going to Kansas City who nobody knew about. Aaron Rodgers made him pretty damn good like he has a lot of other guys. Uh, if you, you can argue, Van Scantling's done nothing in Kansas City. Um, we won't even debate that right now. But let me ask you this. Is Aaron back rejuvenated after a big win and get, him getting the ball out there and looking like Aaron Rodgers of old, getting that wideout Watson involved? And, and Tom Brady gets win number two in a row. Is he back? Uh, we don't have to take long on this because we already kind of touched on it. Uh, if I had to ask you, who are you taking uh, to be back uh, for sure shot? Is I'm going to take Br- Brady first because I think his personnel's better. More veteran. They, he should be better. His, his players are better on the perimeter. But I saw Ro- Rodgers has been waiting for a while. He's been questioning his teammates for a while. Last week was the worst game I saw him play in a while, throwing it to Detroit Lions. All I mean, he he was making decisions that you saw Josh Allen make a few times yesterday. But I don't think he ever left. I think he went through a lull. So, yes, Rodgers will not be the reason they don't make the playoffs. Let me just put it to you that way. It may be too big of a chase now. Brady's back. Brady should be back faster because the run game is, is there, and they got better personnel right now. Both of them will be dangerous throughout the rest of the season. Be careful. No, I agree. I agree. Two minute drill, Sean. Uh, gotta, gotta, gotta get this going. Uh, I'm gonna start it over here. Um, let me ask you. Jeff Saturday wins. You said leadership on a couple shows this week already. Uh, qualities are not talked about enough. Leadership qualities just aren't talked about enough. Uh, I, I always say, screw the X's and O's, Sean. It's getting Jimmys and Joes to run through a damn wall in the same direction at the da- same damn time. I don't. You don't need to be a hell of a fucking X's and O's guy. You got to be a manager as a head coach in college and in the NFL. But Bill Cowher, Rex Ryan are, are on record coming out saying it's basically disrespectful and a disgrace. Uh, quote uh, Bill Cowher used. We both love Big Bill Cowher and and Rex Ryan. I, I think we both love him, them two yep, guys. Both same. of them. We love uh, to play for both of them, no doubt. And you played for. Let me ask you. Uh, we share the sentiment. We both think that it was a kind of a slap in the coaching profession's face. I don't think it's a disgrace. I don't think it's a disrespectful because I've seen much, much worse things in nepotism and other things like that. But having said that, um, you have an interesting take on it, and, and, and I'm going to let you do the two minutes and get out of here. All right. For me, it comes down to this. One is, yeah, I would have loved to play for Rex and Bill Cower. And in, in, in Listen to what Bill said last weekend. Listen, Jeff Saturday knows X's and O's. He played for 15 fucking years. Okay? No he knows X's and O's. You and I know X's. I know as much X's and O's as the guy who's coaching on Sunday. They're just coaching it so they, they, they know it as well. The key for Jeff Saturday was to lead, get guys to buy in, and to delegate to the guys who've been in the room where you're not trying to reinvent the wheel in five days and putting a whole new offense in. That's part of the brilliance of being a good leader, trusting your staff. And he did that. And so, and think about how football's changed. 
when we like, well, it was out of the box. And yeah, it was a slap to the coaching profession right in the face because other guys were more qualified as coaches. I didn't say X's and O's as coaches. But sometimes when you think out of the box, like hiring Sean McVay, who does different stuff offensively, that was out of the box thinking. It just is. Or, or getting a quarterback now who does two different things. He runs and throws. We've thought out of the box that way. And look at the success we're having. You don't have to be conventional and just kiss the ass of the old school way that you got you to gotta hire the same guy all the time. He did something different. They're buddies. It's relationships. I get it. But when Bill Cowher said it's a disgrace, Jeff Saturday knows football. I think we got to give him a little more respect. Man. I love Bill. But when you say that he didn't, you know, he's not qualified for this and all those things. Well, let me ask you, how did Bill Cowher get his TV job? And I love Bill. I'd say it right to him. He got his TV job being a great coach. Walked off a football field. They gave him a seven-figure job working at CBS in a network seat, and he had no experience other than answering questions when he was a coach. Other guys were more qualified, but Bill stayed in there, learned the mechanics. Now he's really good at it. How he got the job is because he was Bill Cower football coach, not Bill Cower entertainment football guy on TV. What's the difference? What's the difference? I agree with you. I agree with you. Uh, I I I got it. I got it. I, I'm 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 right with you. I, the only thing is with me, um, only thing is with me is uh, I don't know if I equate a coach winning a Super Bowl pulled out of the booth to a guy that that we know as you as you know. I, well, I I don't know. You know well more, great, much better than me. But Cowher was pulled into CBS for ratings. Um, and I don't know if we can equate those two things. Me and Pat Perez you are get my point. Day. You get my point. And listen, yes. I understand managing a staff is easier or tougher and doing on players, getting all that by, and then going on and looking in a camera and giving your opinion. You hope, though, I say I took my broadcast job serious. No doubt. And I want to make sure that I'm teaching on TV and no. prepared. That's the point I'm making, of course. But you know what? And it's only been one, by, one week. Jeff Saturday may go to hell in a handbasket, and he also may win five in a row. If he does, then maybe we did something unconditional. A slap in the face, yes. Are guys more qualified? Yes. That doesn't mean he still can't do the job is my point. No doubt. And so uh, it, 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 I'm not mad at Bill, but I'm, we don't always have to do hire the same guys in the retreads because they used to be coaches. Sometimes you just got to go on a gut, and it may backfire in Ursay's face. No and doubt. yes, it's more difficult. But part of the brilliance of being a coach is understanding your weaknesses and hiring those guys or that you have in the room and saying, you guys handle the stuff that I wasn't here for training camp. I'll lead and try to put you in the best position to be successful. And for one week, at least he did that. So if it's a slap of the coaching profession, what is it when a guy with five days preparation kicked your ass in your building? What's it say for the other staff? No, I hear you. Josh McDaniels is a whole nother topic. I know we're going to dive into that because, uh, you know, I always said not all, not everybody's head coach material. Um, Post-snap breed, uh, Sean, Justin Fields is in the news for now being in the MVP conversation because Dan Orlovsky, good friend of mine, uh, he, he'll, he'll, he's going to jump on the show with us eventually. Um, I love Dan. I um, he's he good. came out and said Justin Fields is in the MVP conversation. I almost spit up my uh, tequila. What do you think? Um, I There's no possible ways in any, any type of MVP conversation. I, I think he looks like fucking Walter Payton out there. Not like fucking uh, 
an NFL quarterback. That's just my opinion. Now he is getting better, and I do think he has a hell of an upside. I would love to coach the motherfucker. I'll tell you that. Oh, you ain't lying now. But but I got to be honest, for Dan to say that is pretty funny. If I had to ask you right now, Sean, true serum, and give it to you in your Cheerios, who's your top three MVP candidates right now? Um, I would love to hear them. Like you, I love Dan. Dan's one of my Dan teaches on TV. Goes back to what I was saying about a guy who's prepared to teach us. I learn. We all learn, right? I love Dan. Now, also TV on hot take shows is hyperbolic. Dan damn well knows that Justin Fields isn't getting three top three first place uh, MVP votes. He and I both know it, and you know it too. Now, you're right. What I like to, if somebody said you're hired to coach him, I'd say I can't wait to coach Justin Fields. Because I think a lot of it has to do with recency, too. His last four weeks, Dan, the quantum leaps, I mean, uh, JB, the quantum leaps that Dan's talking about, have been astronomical on a team that's got minimal weapons. That's, that If he doesn't play somewhat well, they got zero shot to win a football game. Yeah. So that's why it's like, damn, I remember Andre Dawson in baseball with the Cubs. He was on a last place team and won the MVP award, which is unheard of. But that guy went out there and loaded it up and played his ass off. So and ironically, similar city. So, yes, the, the recency and the way he's quantum leaped the last four weeks, because he is a – I mentioned the talent. When I say refer to him as aliens, it's a compliment. He's he's playing from another – well, he's playing out of Uranus right now from that planet, literally, because he is playing out his ass and everywhere. It's a fun watch. He's got a lot to learn, but I've seen a lot of growth. But, no, Tua – Hurts because he's on the first place team, and you know that. But Tua's in the conversation. Geno Smith is in the conversation, and you're gonna get to, you're gonna start to get one of these other guys. I'm trying. Who am I? Josh Allen. Oh, Mahomes. He's the other one. Mahomes and Tua at the top with Geno and Jalen Hurts because they're one loss. They're in the conversation too. And don't discount a running back. Saquon Barkley's played good football this year too. Well, I, I would throw a guy in there that no one's said, and I don't know why, but fucking Justin Jefferson. Oh, maybe. I, you know what? Well, I take Let me take a step back. Somebody asked me that yesterday on a show, and I said, you damn right. It's a quarterback award. You got to run for like 2,400 yards as a running back to be in the conversation. Let me tell you something. It's probably Mahomes, Tua, and Justin Jefferson because he is the best receiver in football, and he makes he makes – Catches that nobody would attempt look like they're just like they're off a jugs machine throwing them right to him. Yeah, he ain't going to win it, but I can damn well tell you if somebody doesn't vote for him, they ain't watching the same football you and I are. No doubt. Uh, no doubt. Then up. What do we know? Have to get this going. But what do we know? Um, I got to be honest here. We got we got a good conversation here. Um I gotta ask you something real quick, and we'll get to it. We'll break down one kid and get out of here today. Let let me let me end this. Quote, unquote, he has good wide receivers, so he should be good, end quote, debate, Sean. That is a debate that I want to end real quick. We just broke down Geno Smith versus Kyler Murray. Uh, Geno Smith has has has, has Lockett. Uh, he's got a f- freak of fucking Zoid over there. Looks like Megatron, right? And he's got two great receivers. He's got a good rookie running back. But let's just go around the league here. Geno Smith... Um, is making those wideouts pretty damn good this year, too. And some other wideouts that aren't very good, he's making them pretty good. Tom Brady's done it his whole career. I know you have a take on that. Aaron Rodgers just made Van Scantling a very high-paid player that's got moved on to Kansas City. We've had great quarterbacks make wideouts out of chicken shit into chicken salad real quick. Kyler Murray struggles with two great fucking wideouts in, in Arizona. I mean, I can go around the list. 
McLaren in Washington fucking has been absolutely horrible with Carson Wentz. Now he looks like a goddamn all-star again. And Derek Carr's struggling mildly with the fucking best receiver in football over the last three years, Devontae Adams. So I don't want to talk about he he has to have good receivers debate. He has good wideouts, coach. That's why Geno's an MVP candidate. No, he's not. Geno well, Smith's an MVP candidate because he's fucking looking like we just showed you on film. Accurate throws, easy to catch. If that's the case, if that's what they want to argue, why am I not in the Hall of Fame? Chris Carter, Steve Jordan, Anthony Carter, get the fuck out of here, man. While you need those good receivers to do it, what, to give the quarterback confidence to say, I know Justin Jefferson's making this play. I know Cooper Cup's making this play. There's no doubt they go hand in hand. But I've seen a lot of good receivers bitching and complaining to the media when their quarterback can't throw up. Yeah, so save it. Like I said, there's a whole lot of quarterbacks that could throw it. Mahomes, well, Brady took Chris Hogan, a lacrosse player, and made him an everyday guy. So let's say that doesn't mean they're not talented, but I, I know plenty of quarterbacks that have good receivers that, that, that aren't very good that make the court that make the receiver like, what the hell? I want traded. I'm not getting the ball. So no, I, that, that, that argument doesn't hold water for me. Yeah, me either. I think there's guys out there that are great that, that you guys have said, you guys, meaning this whole people out here that, that want to claim these guys as the greatest quarterbacks in sliced bread. And they're making – they got great wideouts, and they're horrible, and they're yep. struggling. And we can argue that with Dak Prescott. I can go down the list with a lot of guys, by the way. I can tell you why Hollywood Brown got the fuck out of Baltimore. I, we can go on and on and on if you want to break down this that debate. But uh, the last part of this show today, I and this guy don't lie, um, I want to break down a, uh, a certain individual here. We got me and Sean. And, just going to break down thanks one to our kids. I don't mean to interrupt you, JB. Thanks to the kids who have sent us – after they hear the evaluation or their parents thanking us for going in and being honest with them. So JB, you hit that. You have run something phenomenal here and it, you're onto something and it's important to those kids and important to us. I know that. No doubt. I, yeah. I've been getting some feedback. It's been crazy. I, I actually asked one kid for some practice and game film, just a game because you know, Sean, before we break this down, we got about four minutes of this. Let me ask you something. How important of you to go in here and just watch one whole game? I'd rather watch a game than a fucking highlight on Huddle all day long. Oh, yeah, agreed. Because yeah, then I get, to see, I get to see how they react to bad plays, too. Yeah, we're going to watch this thing back. Fuck, goddamn. That game I saw those three touchdowns in, he was fucking four of 30. Right. <laughs> but I saw the four best plays, right? That's <laughs> no exactly shit. Right. Uh, here we go. Chase Pence, senior highlight, 6'2", 175 kid. I don't know where he's from. Um but first team all league kid, I guess we're gonna we're gonna. So get- he's a senior. It's twenty twenty two. Does that mean he's playing now, or is he a twenty twenty three graduate? Either way, he's a yeah, senior. I think okay. He's playing now. Okay. Uh, that ball hung up there a while. Uh, fuck, I think it, little guy looks like six two. He, uh, he's a shot putter. Yeah, there's not a that, that's a that's a got to jump out of the throw to get it to him, right? Okay, yeah. he's, 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 he's a he's a bit away. Maybe this is the okay. Yeah. Uh oh. Nice play to scramble to make a play, but got to keep two hands on that football. It looks he I, I don't know what his size. He's six, if he's six two, sure doesn't look six two from here, does it to you? Be <laughs> six two, fucking Webster six one. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I let's see. I, I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he's making some great plays. Yeah. I don't. I, I don't think I can recruit him at a Power Five school. There, JB. No. Um, let me I see. Can't. Now this is. Let's see. The, he that ain't. He's six two. 
that's what he says. Yeah, he's struggling. Nice little bang post, but taking a hitch. Got to throw that without a hitch on rhythm on a bang shot on a one, a one ball. Yeah. He's and none of this is ever personal folks. You want honesty. We're giving it to you. Yeah. He's a little stiff for me, Sean at six, two. Also he's a little stiff. He's got, a, he's got a, he's got a, you know, top of his release is, is, is a little bit of unfinished. You know what I mean? He's not. Well, well, here's, it, it's almost like, you know how like a hitter stops or a golfer doesn't finish at the top. It's like a three-quarter throw, where, not three-quarter where his arm is, but he doesn't get all the way down to his opposite pocket either. Yeah. You see how, you see how it sits up there? Like, yeah. he, like, like he's yeah. like waving to somebody and holds there. There's not a lot of finish and follow-through. Like a little tough little sucker, but yeah. um, nice throw there. There's some accurate throws, but I don't yeah. think there's a lot of extra hop on the ball, and it, and it doesn't look 6-2 to me. Am I right or wrong? Yeah, I, I don't see 6-2. And, and also, Sean, we're looking at the kid, and, you know, and I'm just like – I'm looking at him and I say, you know, you got to, you, you do some great things in high school. You just translation. Sometimes people don't realize that's the hard part about this business. Translating, We're talking about at the next level, right? Yeah, yeah, translating from here to there, translating from JV to varsity, varsity to college. Uh, it, sometimes it just doesn't work out. So uh, thanks so for all the film. We'll get to more film. Thursday. Keep, grind, keep grinding, whatever you got to do. Cause somebody all takes one to fall in love with you. But that's it doesn't fun. look to me like that's power five stuff. But and parents, don't tell your kid it's division one or bust. Stop it. No doubt. Just stop it. No, no, shit, I, hey, shit, I told a fat girl one day I just need one. <laughs> shit, I, I couldn't even fucking get that. So I, I hey, there is one out there for you guys though. Trust me. So uh, wait, let me ask you this as we close: If you go big and you got to go home because you still can't get that, what do you got to go? Is it what's what what's the JUCO equivalent of not getting one? When it comes to that, John, short, fat, skinny, and tall. I do it all. Yeah, like it. Eight or 80, eight or 80, anything will do, right? Don't say that. Right. Coach, coach said that years ago. I said, the 80 thing I could deal with, but no, no, no. We got to get out. It's got to, you got to put a one or a two in front of that. It's got to be 28 or 30. That, that, that old joke doesn't hold water in this age. You can't use that joke. Hey, anymore. I'll tell you this. A lot of guys won't know what this next comment is about to say as we get out of here. But I tell you this, sitting at a bar, if she's a fucking three technique, I can't do it. <laughs> Dude, hey, uh, uh, listen, but she has, but listen, but she's got a pretty face and a great personality. So stop it. Be nice. <laughs> well, she's going to have $100 million, too. <laughs> exactly <it>. right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, hey, Sean, I got, I can't, I know we're getting out of here. I got, I got, Pat Perez is a funny fucker, man. Now, oh, yes, I got to tell you something. He's like, God damn it. I want to see it go the other way, JB. Go talk to her. And she sat at the fucking bar. Her back was to us. And I said, who? She said her right there. I said, fucking John Candy. <laughs> I said, John Candy. And he goes, he goes, God damn right. And she had a hair like John Candy in outdoors. Great outdoors. Oh, yeah. Great movie. I said, God damn it. He goes, God damn it. It's always the guy that's got the fucking hundred mil. I want the woman to give the guy the hundred <laughs> mil for one. Go get it done. So, shout out oh, to uh, the, great, the great outdoors with JB and trying to pull somebody who's twice the size. Yeah, they, the they need love too, brother. I feel you. Get the big <laughs> damn. Have, hey, that test line. You better have. You better have some poundage on that thing now. Hell yeah, it better be a hundred pound test. Yeah, that's right. Uh, hey man, it's always great. I can't wait to Thursday. And uh, this is the third install. Brought to you by DB Sport, man. We'll see you on you- the other side. You are uh, priceless, Thursday. brother. You are friggin' priceless. I love oh, you, man. man. Thank you, you are, brother. I can't wait to go Thursday. <laughs> Later. Right, Thanks.
The last chance cube. Let's go. And I just cannot wait to bring over 60 years of knowledge and experience to not only the novice football fan, Sean, but to the veteran football coach as well. You love it. You better live it, drink it, eat it, smoke it. And then every now and again, wake up with it laying next to you. The premier football coaching show on the internet. I've looked forward for the longest time to be with somebody whose energy and knowledge of football and teaching and no nonsense, but understands the old game, the in-between game, the new game, and combines them all. Last chance cue with the great legendary Sean Salisbury. 